What is up, everyone? This is Sarah G, and it is Gen Z Gap. Let's get into it. This week's episode has been very, very good uh, for anyone who was curious who we talked to last week was Jeremy Gordon, a casting director and audition coach, and I was beyond grateful to have him on. So if you're in the industry or just thinking about starting out, go and give that a look at it. I will be talking a little bit more this week about some of the stuff that I've been doing to at least help out slash I need more advice, so I'm going to talk. And yes, I just tried to fix it, and it doesn't really go well. It's, yeah, you're not going to look like perfection every time. So that's all I wanted to specify today on. And yes, I'm trying to work through a lot of different things. Uh, currently having a lot of technical difficulties, if you haven't noticed, with my, you know, lights, etc. So, yeah, we're just doing what we're doing and trying to enjoy the ride, so on, so forth. But yes, it's been very fun to just kind of, you know, get in contact with people, understand more. And yes, I'm going to talk about some TV shows, but Monday Mood is just going to be, again, anyone that's, you know, been watching the news, etc. But I do want to speak out again about Minnesota teen activists slash all the activists out there right now are especially because given the situation in our world, especially in the Gen Z era, we all need to band together and talk about things. And I think that they're doing such a great job. Gen Z for change as well. I know I've mentioned this, you know, numerous times on and off throughout this whole year. I can't believe it's almost been a year since I had my first punk podcast launch last year and it's just so incredible you know it's been a dream of mine I will say that I have noticed changes within myself and comfortability that I think I've grown from doing this and I just want to thank each and every one of you again that listens to this podcast and yeah just I'm very eternally grateful for it so as we get into it, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite shows, and it is not Grey's, not yet. I mean, obviously, I'll have to talk a little bit because it wouldn't be Gen Z Gab without my little Grey's Gab. But Single Drunk Female, if you know, you know, it's on Freeform. It's all bingeable on Hulu currently right now, and that has been very, 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 very great for me because I binge-watched it all last night, and... <laughs> Oh my gosh, when we last saw Sam, it was very, uh, and the mother is beyond like some people that we all know, and you know, she tries, she tries, she tries, but it's still like, eh, no wonder, you know, it starts to make sense why some of the problems she does, and I think that this just sheds light on to how toxic family can actually be and when you're in a healing process how much they're not really aware of what their mistakes might have been in the past and I'm not even critiquing like the best of parents whatever but it's just that slow like evolution of things that we do not really know like are happening within ourselves and I think that that's really cool to you know watch the growth over time and see her you know evolve from this very wild child to this sort of together person now 
life is stressful. I get that. And that not everything's going to go smoothly. And I think that that was beautiful the way that the finale was. Do I hope for a season three? Absolutely. I wish that I could have it confirmed now, but because Freeform has to do their thing and, you know, have all the episodes air, I truly don't want to give away too much. But yeah, I just, I adore it. Sophia Black Dea is, um, or Dea is, um, phenomenal in the role give her an emmy already because she just she manages to tap into vulnerability that you don't know but you see a lot of yourself and i think that that's another thing that i would love to you know be a part of that kind of a show i had a had a session with my coach today and he was very good about trying to get me to realize that I had more of an advanced scene and we were talking about, and my processes, as you can see on here, is more talk, 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 obviously. But the way that I feel like so understood is amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And I don't really want to name drop because that's the thing, like with this industry, I sometimes find myself saying the same names over and over again, even though it's more of like, a, these guys are experts, I want to make sure they're experts, but it's just so incredibly um, interesting to see the different processes you go through and who you can work with. But I do recommend for anyone who's curious about taking acting or having one-on-one -on -one sessions, I will recommend LA on camera for them. So there you go. It is very good to finally work with someone who is okay with your eccentricities. I think that there's a lot of things that go on right now that, you know, people are moving forward with it. But when I was working on the scene today, it was for the 30 minute session, you know, it was, uh, I had to do different eye lines. I had to do, you know, push myself a little more out of my comfort zone, thinking that, oh, this conversation might not happen, but it's actually bordering on, you know, kind of, inappropriate but still appropriate but then you have to realize something that even though I'm a part of a generation that tolerates a lot less it doesn't mean that inherently that is good or bad it's not just black and white and I think that that's another thing that I've had to let go a lot of with my ADHD and OCD also and before anyone says anything yes I know I get on this topic all the time but I think again the reason that I do so well with acting and can work with it is because like I said last week it's because I know that you know high energy is needed I uh, if you're trying to be just someone you're not, that's not going to work. And I know there's different types of acting, but I, again, stick by more of the Meisner style, even though that that's kind of less what I'm interested in in the whole. But you have to bring yourself to the table of acting. At least that's the process more. I think method acting, like we've all stated in the past, even like Jenna Ortega, is that like when you're working on a scene, you definitely... I think should have like a teacher that you feel safe with and I've had a few where it's not always been the best or whatever but I would say that if you're willing to you know if you're looking into that go and check that out LA on camera so yeah aside from that it was just when those 
type of actors mention how much even like method acting it just shows how much evolving is going on within and then i think about how you know within a scene they were talking about a big name versus like you know kind of the newcomer derpy looking person and then that made me even think within like i already know not a lot of people are going to take a chance on me because I'm lesser known versus if they'll take like an Anna Taylor Joy. And that's okay as well. I kind of have felt like I'm in this rut when I'm trying to find jobs, not just acting jobs. And I just found myself asking a lot more questions after my last week discussion that I thought I needed to really have. And <laughs> that's where it's like, I also realize when I take away my time, but it's all needed. But I do just um, want to say to people that you can ask your questions if you're ever like me in like a position where you're anxious about asking questions, like, because that's the problem that a lot of people, no matter how many times they say that you should ask and should be like allowed to ask questions, that's not the end of the world. Like I say in the earlier part of the, like, the episode of where I was talking about asking agents all this stuff and that I'm working through some stuff right now and I still have kind of need to just figure out a lot of things it's just so excruciatingly frustrating the whole questions about your measurements and for anyone but again a lot of these casting directors if you don't follow Liz London if you don't follow Jeremy Gordon like I had on the podcast last week if you don't follow Rose Rosen or Sam Sleegitz you might be missing out on some viable information. I'm not saying the end all be all, but I will just keep saying their names because of how much they've given so much reassurance, I think, for the rest of the world, especially with how many conflicting people you get in the industry. And I want to say that, again, the reason that my whole perspective and outlook has changed is because I've decided to reframe my mindset and I know people are going to say why is this such a big deal to you why are you reiterating all this stuff but it's because as I was filling out more of my things to crack down to become more ready for the next step for all of the certifications or whatever it just made me think plus last night again I know I mentioned grays but the fact of the matter is I'm talking about all these different things going on within women women of color all those things especially as women like we need to band together and the whole like thing about beauty standards whatever and yes I know I fit a lot of the standard but I still don't in a lot of other ways and with a lot of my own issues and I think that that's just something that you know, is needed to be more said. But what I'm trying to say, because I know it kind of goes back and forth and seen, but what we need to do is stand up more. And especially as white women or white passing women, especially, we need to stand up and speak, even if it gets more backlash. I know that that's easier said than done or whatever because they want us to be permissive but passive but that's the only way that we can help create more of a change especially with what's going on in the world and that's why I just wanted to say some of my issues when I'm trying to work through a lot of things when I'm doing this stuff to get through for my next step and I know people are going to say well what's all of this got to do 
this is how my life is. It's not just perfection. And obviously I don't show just perfection online, on social media, etc. But that's the truth. And a lot of the questions that, you know, it's less invasive than it used to be, but you still don't feel great answering some of those questions. And I know that I went into depth more last week. And the one thing is, it's like, I have more shame to talk about my weight, etc. Which again, weight means nothing. We've always talked about it. The deep-rooted BMI, shitty ass, made by a white guy from Europe. And it was a mathematician. Like, you want to go and see a scene again that was done. And yes, Grey's Anatomy. It was with Chris Carmack. Chandra Wilson and Z Sinnott. And I just loved it because it had Perez telling Link what he needs to stop looking at and then Bailey coming in with the whole BMI is bullshit. And like I say, there are a lot of creators I follow. Nutrition Tea, uh, Beautiful Eats and Things, Diet Culture Rebel, Find Food Freedom, Happy, Strong, Healthy. I list a lot of those, again, because they're great resources, and all of their podcasts speak a lot. Yes, I know not all of them, you know, still understand everything, and a lot of it is still thin privilege. But when you start hearing more of their stories of how to be against diet culture, it just becomes really, um, truly gratifying. And I know people would say, why do you feel gratitude with it? Because it's like everybody's banding together and starting to call out the BS. Plus, it's just nice to see. Plus, the acting industry has now started to grow and expand, but it still bothers me that some of these questions are allowed. And I think when I talked about this earlier, where I was doing a scene, it's always like, they're working on it. It still has a ways to go. It's getting there. But some of the things that you might think are unacceptable are actually way less unacceptable compared to some other things. Is that good? Is that bad? Who really knows? And I know that that sounds really dumb and like a double entendre and your head's spinning because you're wondering who the hell, like, is this person talking about all this stuff? But yeah, it's just a bunch of like nuances, etc. that we have been all talking about that goes on within the industry, etc. And I think that, yeah, that's just a very interesting take, but... I also have been watching way more, again, like I said, How I Met Your Mother, all these other shows, but I do want to touch on something that's been bothering me more so lately, and I know that I even, like, invited some of these people on, but, like, Josh Peck, I don't know what it is lately, but I, and I know I just burned a bridge, but it's like I believe what he says about everything, but lately, you know, I just saw that Jeanette McCurdy clip, and it just made me so angry and she put up the boundary etc and then so many other people have been saying these things about you know all these other celebrities that are saying how they didn't have a choice they didn't want to you know benefit from their trauma profit off their trauma but now a lot of them sit around talking about it on their podcast and maybe that's just how they process it but it's starting to kind of just feel like a little bit icky if I keep listening to this and I know that that's 
a lot of different people's take, but that's kind of just how I personally feel. Also, I found out some very, like, disturbing news, because, you know, my friend Laura, everyone knows she was on the podcast in December. I found out that Pedro Pascal's family, his dad was in part of an infertility treatment scandal. Now, he himself didn't do anything, from my understanding, that committed fertility fraud, but financial fraud, but it's just all these things, like the internet comes and goes all over the place, and I know people are going to say, Sarah, why'd you just have to do that to me? Why? Why? I don't know. I just have been having so many things going through my mind, and yes, the nicer weather and some other things have helped me sleep better and just be better but it's still not like a hundred percent I'm good to go you know feeling like everything in this world is perfect like there was another mesh kind of shooting happening this week in Kentucky on Monday and it just keeps going and it's like is there ever gonna be a break even when other things change and I know that it got kind of off topic of the whole acne stuff but that's just kind of where I felt like oh we look and have these kind of parasocial relationships and I know I'm probably just as bad about it but it's just like it's never ending and I can't fathom like how we like put these people on a pedestal and nobody's perfect I get that and you know defending people comes and goes and I probably not you know not everyone's gonna be great but it's just that I kind of have been sitting with these feelings the past couple days and the more that I see those clips of you know Josh Peck and Jeanette McCurdy him saying he got blocked by her I don't blame her you know it was traumatizing and the fact is that even yesterday Drake Bell went missing it's just like so many different things and people are like after Selena did my mind in me they want to do more with that and I just I feel bad like I understand like people want a certain level of fame but I keep realizing that what I've wanted to do like I've always said but that it just becomes clearer and clearer to me every time is that I don't ever want that level of thing. Yes, I want to be recognized. Yes, I edit so much stuff and I try to make content that people will watch. But I don't think I want that where it's just blasting all over me. And I think that that is just a very interesting lesson to learn for a lot of people. And I just say that, and yes, I get on here and complain little bit but I kind of notice it within the shows that I even watch that it's like I want characters with humility humanity inside that have real people qualities to it that's what again I love about single drunk female I love about you know kind of just some of these even though how I met your mother isn't completely realistic it does have some very good humanic moments uh, animal control all those like the sitcoms the comedy drama young Sheldon like all of them Lucifer like I know that they're kind of you know, supernatural or just completely fake out of there. But there's just moments where you see real human emotion and it makes you feel something. And I know that that's part of acting, but I just feel like the way that writers do such a good job too. And with the writer's strike coming up, I just want to applaud all of the writers and I stand with you that are going through this right now. So yeah, um, 
And I want to talk a little bit about where people are now talking about self-diagnosis, all the things that they hear on the internet. And again, I know that I'm bringing up my ADHD, but this is a prime example when people ask me for resources to figure out or to help self-diagnose because they don't have the money, etc. I love that I could help out, but I'm not an expert and I know that I'm not fitting for a lot of things. But if you go to NAMI and some of those other sites, you NAMI is a great way to start for a screening tool. But here's the thing. It's like all over social media. And I know that this month is Autism Awareness Month. But this has been a very good insight that I've noticed. I know what I'm not. And I say that constantly. And people now are luckily speaking out on that on site with the TikTok and the Reels Instagram community. And there's nothing wrong. Let me just say that with any of these diagnoses, but it just goes to show like everybody thinks that they know something from like a little meniscus of research. So again, people are making such these broad terms and, you know, making these very ridiculous comments and, you know, talking about very nuanced things without them actually being reasonably of an expert or vetting people talking or finding real articles from recent years that I have it here's my screening test like no 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 no. also I think with the whole influencer culture etc I think everything becomes more like I don't know and overwhelming but I do want to talk a little bit about the chicken Moana incident because that has been beyond ridiculous and disturbing So that's another reason that I'm coming on here to talk about, because I think it's so gross and disturbing that they have to do that. And, uh, you know, it's a spectrum. But the fact that you're comparing, like, a nonverbal person to that chicken on Moana, that's not right. And, again, it's not really my place to talk about a lot of these issues, but I just want to use my platform to at least explain, acknowledge, like, I can see your pain I will not fully understand the full concept of every little detail or every little intricacy that goes on there but I will say as a human being I understand why that's wrong also with it being sexual assault awareness month I stand with all the people who have been I also wanted to say that there has been a lot of issues with the Dalai Lama etc and that has Uh, like that's there's not enough time to get into a lot of reasons why that's wrong but I wanted to at least acknowledge that that's going around as well because I think that we don't usually take a lot of time to really sit with it like we talk about it things are all over the news there's so many things that happen and I just want to stand by again how wrong it is because so many people are deflecting because he's such a public figure and that's just no we're not going to do that so as we continue I do want to finish up a little bit talk a little bit about some of the things that I have noticed um yes within Gray's with Maggie's farewell episode and all my opinions obviously But yes, Mika made me really mad last week, but now I see the burnout inside of her and I feel super bad for her. Also, the whole Lucas situation with uh, Prue made me laugh really hard because that is my life. Uh, (laughs) I have a big family, as people have noticed, and it shows, again, how, like... (laughs) People go, you don't want to do it, but you have to. And it's just, again, all around 
great to see also though Bailey go back to her residence day kind of spiel. I also personally like the friendships developing between others. I really hate the triangle. I don't want a Jackson repeater. I think I've mentioned that multiple times and that's just where I see the direction going every time I keep watching and you know I personally love that Winston Stain. I don't like what happened with Kai last night and Amelia. I don't really pay attention too much to Kai and Amelia because they're just there. Both of them are there. And Kai, they don't really want to be as much in a real relationship. So that's kind of my takeaway. Do I love ER Fightmaster? Do I love them? Yes. Do I think they are a phenomenal actor? Yes. But do I think that the writers screwed it up? A hundred percent. Am I not into Joe Link as much? Not really, but did you think it was sweet with the whole Luna stuff that was happening last night? A thousand percent, and it's just going on on the same level. Am I excited for Levi to be in Pete's, potentially? Uh Uh-huh. Do you think that Mika needs, like, a big hug and a lot of sleep and food? Yes, but Lucas has got that taken care of, pretty much. He's... Again, that's why I see a lot of myself in him with the ADHD. As I can tell, I know that, that that's probably not going to be really a thing. I wish it were, but, you know, how much people love to say that, you know, they can't make it really happen, but I, I hope that they do. I think that, you know... It's very interesting. Blue, I have a love-hate still with. Jules and Simone need more screen time together. I actually like seeing them become more each other's person. I used to kind of think that her and Mika, but Mika's got Lucas, and I hope it's like a Mark and Callie thing. I know people say that that's going to throw a wrench with the whole Taryn thing, but either way, right now, this girl is... This poor girl, Mika Yasuda, and Midori Francis does phenomenal, like I always say. The whole cast does phenomenal. The whole, like, family, like, watching the the behind-the-scenes yesterday on the Kelly takeover, Kelly McCreary did phenomenal as Maggie. I'd actually say that Maggie was never my favorite person, but her exit was so, so phenomenal. I cannot get over how much I enjoyed seeing that end scene with uh, her two moms side by side. Catherine, I just, I cannot have Catherine die. I know people are going to be like, oh my gosh, you still like Catherine? Of course I do. I know she has her flaws, but she, you see the warmth and the humility she brings to the table, and you think about a lot of the different things. And I just, uh, Amelia, yeah, everyone's kind of a bit her, but that comment about, oh, did Mayor send you to Addison? It's like, Addison's like, you're a grown adult. I can, I just come here because I'm driving the PRT, whatever. And that's true, but it just shows the level. But the ridiculousness, honestly, Jules and Amelia are starting to seem a little more similar with some of the out-of-line things that they say. But again, Jules, to me, gives me off, like, a Lexi vibe more than an Izzy vibe. And people keep saying to me, is that because you just hate Izzy? Not really. Like, the more time that you spend, you see that it's more like a— Jules is more a combo of Lexi and Joe, and people who want to have Joe in— 
jewels together i kind of see it i can get on board with it no doubt but i kind of like the mentorship that there's potentially there too again i really like mentorships i'll i want to see more of nick and lucas together and see how that goes on i really want to see if there's more shepherds that come in i found out that yeah lucas's character had his sister on the show recently like can they give us a amelia and derek 2.0 without like it being like as toxic obviously but can they give us you know played by actual siblings for once that would be really cool in my mind i mean yes they did that with you know maggie and the cousin her sister winded up playing but it's just I would love to see that. That would be kind of a first. And I know that I said, like, oh, it would be a first if Mika and Lucas got together. It would do some, like, of the Belizean action diversity. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's also a Burke. They're recycling so much stuff. But that's one thing I wouldn't really, like, again, mind recycling the whole Arizona being Taryn, Callie being Mika, and then Lucas being, like, Mark in that situation now. They're kind of doing that on Station 19, and the whole thing, I did not see, which I did see, but I did not see that, like, whirlwind of all the stuff that happened in the past two episodes. Like, yes, I knew Eli and Travis were going to become a thing, kind of, but then Travis dropping out of the race, all this stuff is just beyond, but Maya's actually getting slightly better, so I'm, I'm rooting for Marina, obviously. I think Jack needs a head CT more than anything, which is a bunch of the same things people keep saying. But it's just an, a never-ending, like, what is going on with these writers? And some of the time, they probably keep introducing more people that they can't keep up with. And it's just so, oh my gosh, my head can't even fathom it. And then with a lot of people saying the same thing over and over again of, well, they're, um, they're, you know, have too many characters, they forget about this and that. Well, a lot of the TV can't have a lot of these kids more than early on, so that makes sense. Also, I do think that the 20th season should probably be the last, but can we talk about just a final little thing on this of that Station 19 needs to be renewed? But speaking of other shows that need to be renewed, I think about how um, Not Dead Yet, there's so many else, Animal Control, but I know that a lot of those might not get a second sophomore season, which is fine, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's just so funny because I think through, like, all the shows that I would expect or hope to get another season, and then it's like they always go to the curb. And then it makes you wonder, like, how is some of these shows still on? And I know that that's a lot of people's feelings about grades, and I completely understand because, again, I keep going back and forth. The only reason I keep watching is, again, because of the new interns and the fact that Bailey is coming back as more Bailey from the attending and uh, resident era. So, yeah. And, again, I just love those Station 19, how it's, like, the writing has become phenomenal this past season. And I know I use that word all the time, but it's so true. It's brilliant. And I think that it... Again, we should give credit to so many of the writers out there because there's so much stuff that we don't even realize the cast and crew does in itself. But the production crew, you know, we just I want to give a lot of love to them because I completely see where 
you know, you wouldn't have these shows without them. And I think that we as human beings just watch the people in front. But then when you've taken a step back to really see how it all goes in for editing, I've learned and had much more appreciation since doing this podcast. So I just wanted to touch on that. But can we talk about as I wrap up this week's episode, and I can't believe I'm 49 episodes in. I can't believe next week with the 50th episode, it will be a whole year since I, you know, started this process. And I just am so proud that I've made it through this year. So grateful for anyone who listens, who's been here on a journey since day one and has put up with my chaotic brain and where I talk about everything under the sun. But yes, Abbott Elementary had the fina- the incredible, the incredible actress Raja P. Henson, who played her mom, who played, yes, who played Janine's mom in it. Honestly, the friendship between Barbara, work mom, and Janine, it just made my heart so warm and how much she was willing to go to bat for Janine with the situations with her mom. You start to learn a lot more, and I just, I cannot get over how wholesome and how hilarious everyone is so great with each other. Everyone gels. The comedic timing is just all there, and I... I would love to see this go on for another 10 years. I don't think it will, but hopefully it gets to at least six or seven seasons. And it's just, I just love it so much. I think it's great because it's also based off of a real show, situation, school. And again, the reason that I still talk and gush so much about this is that, you know, you start to realize why Janine's a little bit needier than she seemed before or why she has this kind of, you know, like gear towards uh, Barbara and how she needs to you know, feel the stability that she never had. And that's why she's so in touch with her students. And, you know, she based the character off of, you know, the actual teacher there, but also a part of Shuli because of her mom being a teacher. And it's just so great to watch and see, you know, how much these characters can evolve when it's so many, but you see you know, in in a 30 minute span, but it's just, it's just so well done. And I wanted to commend that show for everything. So yeah, um, this has been Gen Z Gab episode 49. And we will see you soon. Bye. (laughs)